Welcome to the Wheel of Sport, brought to you by the Turnstile Network. My name's Ian McNally. And I'm Justin Price. And this is the Wheel of Sport. Yes, well played. So, we've we've started spinning the wheel. Uh, Let's see which topic we get today. So, and the topic in this episode is... Out of Bounds. Happy, happy days. I've been waiting for this one to roll around because... This is one of the moments in particularly in Australian sporting history which has resonated so strongly I think that it's still discussed in staff rooms and offices and uh, all around Australia on a daily basis I can't imagine a day would go by without this being referenced somewhere in Australia. Right. It's a big claim. <laughs> it's a big claim. <laughs> now, out of bounds, out of bounds, first off, as a topic, is things that are a little bit on the edge. Things, there's you skating on thin ice, things that happen beyond really the sport and have ramifications beyond what the game is actually happening at the time. Sometimes what they call the spirit of sport, you know what I mean? It's not in the spirit of a game. Spirit <laughs> of the. S- I love I love that phrase. I never don't quite know what that means. You know what I mean? Like you hear that phrase quite often and they go, um, what it's not in the spirit of the game. Do they all say it in that like sexually seductive voice? It's just the way I do it. <laughs> you think you've been on the spirits of the game? Yeah. <laughs> I also like it when people say things are un Australian because I'm I'm not 100% on what Australian is but people seem very certain what Australia isn't. Yeah. And they they that that comes up a lot in Australian parlance. It's un-Australian, normally followed by the word mate. And you think, yeah, we we probably can't be mates, can we? <laughs> so, um this happens 1st of February, height of the Melbourne summer, 19 19- 81. It's still talked about now. It's still talked about now, yeah. 1981. I know. It seems like a long time ago. It, what, what year were you born? 1980. Oh, geez. So it was within your lifetime. Yeah, it was. Not yeah. within mine, but I still remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> so so it's actually um, a one-day international. Cricket. Yeah, cricket. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, cricket. It's at the Melbourne Cricket Ground, known as the MCG. Known also as the G, because an acronym isn't short enough for Australians. Also known as the home of cricket. The home of cricket. Yeah. Well, Lords as well. Yeah, but in Australia, the home of cricket in Australia. Yes. Yeah. And what a stadium. World class. Probably not back then, <laughs> eighty one, but still a remarkable place to watch sport. And this is part of a series of one day internationals, which is was kind of an, a new newish thing, and particularly the format in which they were playing them. So they're playing them kind of back to back. So they play Saturday and Sunday. So they play two games like with no respite, no nothing in between. So obviously they were just trying to get money through the gate as well as as a sport. It was also sponsored by uh, the tobacco giant Philip Morris. <laughs> it was Benson and Hedges. It was called the Benson and Hedges One Day International. How much sport in those days was sponsored by cigarette companies? Quite it's amazing, isn't it? It's like it's like either alcoholic drinks or cigarettes. <laughs> well, the thing so the interesting thing about 
the run up to this game is that the players are, have been kind of complaining about the form, like how many games come thick and fast. But also, it's the heat. It's forty plus degrees. It's February in Melbourne. It's they're exhausted. It's hot. But and on the flip side, they're just standing in a field for a bit. Yeah, that's what cricket is, isn't it? Yeah, and also then these are the days. I want to apologise on your behalf, Ian, for all the cricketers out there. <laughs> that you just think that it's just standing in a field. Uh, it looks that way to the untrained eye. That that's all you're doing is standing in a field. But you know, you also you know, did it wear did they wear helmets then? No. So this is the other the thing. thing. So Hell, they, no helmets. Yeah. No helmets, and uh, you know, just a wide rim hat and. Bit of bit of sunscreen and you're right to go. Yeah, you know I'm. I wouldn't um, look. I, I do apologise for the cricket cricket fanatics out there, of which there are a few. It's all right. They've in Australia. Off. <laughs> <laughs> I there's certainly people who don't talk to me at work in Melbourne because they're cricket fans, and I, I don't I don't really get the game, but I, I love this this moment this out-of-bounds moment because it's just tremendous. The, the, the run-up is that the players are all exhausted. They're suffering. Uh, I'm not suggesting that, you know, players, cricket players in the early 80s were uh, partial to uh, cigarettes or a, a refreshing drink uh, after in the clubhouse after, after hours. Um, they but, probably were. But yeah, but, uh, you know, that probably doesn't help when it's 40 degrees and... You know, you, you're not actually the finely tuned athletes that perhaps they would be today. So the play, so it's Australia versus New Zealand. New Zealand. Yeah, those across the ditch. Yeah, so the you know there's clear rivalry there already. Yeah, you know it's just you just want to beat your neighbour, don't you? Yeah, not, not physically <laughs> drag him out of the house, <laughs> but they want to. You know, it's about a bit of pride and whatever. And in this one day um, format series, but. The strange thing is, is that Greg Chappell is captain of Australia. Now, big name. It, yeah, and in a nice kind of thing in sport, when this comes along now and again, you also have your brother playing in the same team. Yeah. So Trevor Chappell is playing in the same team and his brother's captain, Greg. But Aus- Australia have had a number of brothers who played in the same cricket team. Yeah. You had uh, you know David and Michael Hussey. Oh yeah, they've yeah. done it as well. Is that it? But I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I was gonna. I'm not gonna name all of them, but just saying, there's brothers. That's a that's a a, a more modern one. Yeah. Yeah, they've, yeah. Uh, they've obviously done the same as well. So I think in terms of cricket, you get quite a few who are if if the siblings who've gone into cricket both and both been successful at it. Yeah, because it, you know it it would kind of follow if you had the genetic makeup to be able to stand in a field for an afternoon. That your brother would as well. So <laughs> we still got any listeners here. <laughs> Definitely not from Cricket Australia. But the other interesting thing is that there's another chapel in the stadium. Ian Chapel. Oh, I thought you were gonna say they just built it. <laughs> <laughs> so Ian Chapel's he's commentating on the on the game from the stands. Now Ian Chapel used to be captain of Australia. Okay, so it's like it's a chapter. All chapels everywhere. It's it's brilliant. What a religious <laughs> coming together. So the holy trinity of chapels. 
all there. So yeah. they they become very important to the story because New Zealand, it's quite a tight game and New Zealand are batting uh, in bat second and it's going pretty close to the wire. They play the last over, but Greg Chappell, he's, he's suffering mentally because of the heat exhaustion and he's not thinking straight. Apparently he'd already said... During the game, he'd said to one of his uh, fellow players that he said, oh, well, "I've got to, I've got to get off. I've got to, I've got an appointment at the dentist. <laughs> I've got to get off. I'm I, sick of standing in this field. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got to get a drink here. Yeah, I've got my shift as a scarecrow starts. <laughs> I've got, a, I've got a cigarette waiting for me in the changing room there. Yeah. So, but apparently he was suffering physically, suffering like he he just wanted to get off the field and. His colleague said to him that he said, You've, "You're a captain. You, you've got to stay out here, It's like it's you, your job. Yeah, it's like being you know on the Titanic. You, the captain's got to stay with the ship. So he stays with the ship, but he gets to the last over, and apparently he's done the he's done the math wrong. He's used one of his star bowlers early on, and he's he can't use him again. So he's thinking, "What do we do? Well, I'll." I'll put Trevor in. When you brother. say when you say he's done the maths wrong, what do you mean he's counting the he's he's counting the wrong overs? Yeah, so when it basically one of his star bowlers is basically you he, he can only bowl so yeah, many so, overs, so yeah, and he's used them up. Well, he's got down to the final over, <laughs> and he's not using his best bowler. Yeah. So what does he do? Well, he he goes goes to the chapel, prays, and it's his brother Trevor. <laughs> So Trevor, who's who's not known for being a great bowler, he'd have called him Trev. I'd imagine pro, pro, Trevo. Yeah. <laughs> so Trevo, he goes in to to bowl. Fair play to him. First ball, your man it to four. With Trevor Chappell to the Demon Hadley. Six balls remaining. Sit that. He hit it well. It's going to Max Walker, and that's four. My what a start! Wow! Oh, 11 required for victory. Five goals to be bowled. Yeah, nice. Nice. And now it's game on. Oh, right, okay. Now it's game on because they're chasing the target and he's it a four. Happy days. Next ball. For New Zealand, it's happy days. For New Zealand, it's happy days. Not for Trevor. Well, for, let's say for the neutral. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know where they use that and they go, this was a great game for the neutral. <laughs> it's, like, it's brilliant. So, second one. He only bowls Hadley out. Oh, LBW. Okay. Well, well, out. Ah! Him out. Oh, well, well. Dear, oh dear. Well, Richard Hadley, he wouldn't be over-thrilled about that. He's been struggling all season to get an LBW himself. On this occasion, well, I would say that that might have just pitched outside leg stump. Certainly it would have hit the stumps. But uh, I think that Richard Hadley could justifiably feel a little bit annoyed at that decision, particularly with all the troubles that he's had getting an LBW himself. Richard Hadley, LBW to Trevor Chappell for four, New Zealand seven for 225. Four balls remaining. Trevo is absolutely uh, going to storm. Now Ian Smith comes on for New Zealand and goes into bat. Now Ian Smith, his namesake, is the actor who plays Harold Bishop in Neighbours. So, in my mind, it's, ha- it's Harold Bishop representing New Zealand. He's gone into bat. Yeah. <laughs> Doing the shells. 
I was going to say, Harold Bishop did go missing for a while, <laughs> neighbours. He actually got uh, washed off a cliff or something, but I don't think he ended up playing cricket for New Zealand for any, any period of time. <laughs> Unless he went backwards in time as well. Like, I think it's, it's possible. We shouldn't rule it out. No. He was in a Salvation Army, so he probably does a shift at the brass band to begin with, and then, <laughs> then gets up, is that a bat for gets his pads on. So, uh, so Arrow Bishop goes in, and he gets nice little two runs. He's hit it, he's hit it well. Go for two. And they get it. At this point, three, three. balls into the over. They need nine runs from three balls. Oh, right, yeah. Tricky. So. Gotta take you gotta take your runs where you can here now. They have got three wickets in hand as well. Uh, the wickets have gone though, mate. You're in the overs, this is the thing. You clearly haven't been out in the field at this time, have you? <laughs> it doesn't matter about how many overs how many uh wickets you got in hand, you might as well go lose all your wickets. You've got nine runs to get in three balls, haven't you? I think what you're pointing out there is that I don't really understand cricket very well. Yeah. But I'm still gonna pl- go on with this story. <laughs> so <laughs> Sorry, mate, you're doing well. So, uh, Ian Smith, Harold Bishop, on his fourth ball, he gets another two runs, but he, he just makes it. Yeah. Like, dives. Brave, brave decision. He's hit that, and that's runs. That's at least one. He'll probably go for the second and test him out. He's going. He's made it. He's home. What a great effort. Ian Smith, proud of stunned. Fine running between the wickets. Tremendous courage. Fifth ball. Now he needs seven runs off two balls to yeah. win. I hope the listeners doing the math here is better than the, the Australian captain did <laughs> when he when he misjudged the overs that were left in a game. I, I like the way you assume that we have some North American listeners who call it math and not maths. I call it math. <laughs> You're mad, man. They need seven off two balls, and let's look at a tie. Six off two balls for a tie. Seven off two balls for a win to New Zealand. Now, um, Chapel, Trevo. Trevo, yeah. He bloody bowls him out. Yeah. Well, that's he his job. bowls him out. <laughs> he absolutely tears the wicket apart. All right. He comes in, he balls up, just brilliant. The ball actually skips off the ground and just jumps under the under the bat. And Arrow Bishop, he's, he's gone. He's, he's gone. Luke Carpenter's got his coat. <laughs> he's ready, ready to walk out. So, happy days. Trevor Chappell, the bowler. Smith, the batsman. 52,000 people in front of their seats. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Because, yeah. what are we left with? Seven to win yeah. off two balls. Yeah. Now there's only one ball left to bowl. Yeah. What's the maximum score you can get? Six. Which is going to mean? A draw. A draw. Yeah. Again, better maths than the Australian <laughs> captain. So, Brian McKechey is into bat. Oh. Great name. It is a good name, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, I hope I'm saying it right. You're probably not, but... No. <laughs> <laughs> so, six will draw the series. Ian Smith is out. Bold Trevor Chapel for four. Eight down for 229. And New Zealand's only hope now is a six off the last ball for a tie. It's a big ask, isn't it, to hit a six 
off the last ball. Especially at the G, it's a long way to the boundary at the G. You've really got to get hold of the ball to, to get a six at the G. But it's possible. Of course but, it's possible, yeah. But also, Trev, he's he's smashing it, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's doing so well, so well taking wickets left, right and centre in this final over. And uh, Brian McKechnie is, a, you can see he's, He's pumped about this. He's, he can because he can make, write himself into Australian history, uh, not well, New Zealand, Zealand history. history. Yeah, and it was the tail end of though as well. You got to remember that. So I don't, I don't, I can't remember his history, but he's probably not a strong batsman. Yeah, and but if he hits this for six, he goes back home. He'll be wouldn't have to buy a pint again in his life. Now, brilliant. But a strange thing happens, Greg. Chapel, Australian captain. Does he think it's done? Has he not counted the balls right? <laughs> <laughs> is, he, is he packed up on the far side? <laughs> Walking in. He's, he's sat on the side with his abacus. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to work it all out. But uh, he's, he's kind of starts to have this conversation with his brother, Trevor. Now, the game's nearly over. Maybe it's like, oh, you know, what are we doing for tea tonight? <laughs> it might be like kind of the domestic things that, you know, you need to organise. Then they start talking to the umpires. Now, the commentators pick this up straight away, which makes me a bit suspicious because they jump to the negative straight away, the, the commentators, which kind of, you know, sometimes, you know, I was always taught to kind of, think the best about people yeah yeah they weren't oh, they right. basically jumped to this conclusion long discussion well it looks to me as if they're going to bow underarm off the last ball Rod Marsh is saying no mate but I'm sure he's going to bow an underarm delivery on the last ball and bow it along the ground and be sure that it has not been hit for six the umpires have been told the batsmen have been told and this is possibly a little bit disappointing Greg Chappell was telling his brother Trevor to bowl the last ball underarm. Underarm. Underarm so that there wasn't sufficient um, speed in the ball <laughs> that your man Brian McKechnie could hit a six. Well, the other thing is about if you bowl it underarm is there's no air under the ball. Like you're basically hitting it off the ground, aren't you? Yeah, you're like a golf shot. Yeah. And you're not getting a six off that, unless you're me. <laughs> and maybe my bat handle might have flown into the crowd. So what? So they guess that straight away from just watching on the on the on the field. Yeah. So the commentators kind of come to that conclusion straight away. Sure enough, Greg Chapel has informed the un- umpires, "This is what we're going to do." Oh, Sue so just says, this, by the way, we're just going to do this. Which is And it's legal at the time, is it? Is it legal to do this? So there's a bit of confusion because this, um, this test series in the UK has actually, they have a law which says you can't bowl underarm. Yeah, it's not, it's not crown green bowling. <laughs> it's cricket bowling <laughs> and you can't bowl underarm. Exactly. So when it comes to Australia, the, that rule still hadn't been written in. Okay. So it's perfectly legal. So it's not breaking the rules of the game at all, which does beg the question, why don't they just bowl an underarm for the whole game? <laughs> Once they're ahead, yeah. just play the whole game underarm. Jose Mourinho would play that. He'd, he'd just <laughs> shut up shop. 
Mourinho go, uh, are we winning by 50 yet? Let's just close this game down and just bowl under arm for the rest. How many overs are there? 39. Let's just bowl 39 overs under arm for the rest of the tournament. Now, well, one of the sad things of this story, I think, well, there's a few sad things about this story, but one of them is that your man Ian Chappell, who's in the crowd commentating, he's overheard saying, shouting to his brother Greg, no, Greg, you can't do that. Don't do it, Greg. Now, which is interesting because he's at the the MCG as though his brother's going to be able to hear him. If we had mobile phones, it'd have rang him. (laughs) It'd have rang him right into the middle. Don't do it, Greg. No, mate, I know what you're thinking here, but don't do it. Don't look. I'm already feeling it up in the commentary box here. It's going to be proper nego. Don't do it. (laughs) I reckon that. I can't imagine that uh, an Australian cricketer would be able to answer a mobile phone when you got sandpaper in your hands. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Australia. I yeah. don't. I don't mean it. Uh, that one. That one is probably too soon. <laughs> too soon. You can imagine if he took the mobile phone out and all the sandpaper fell out of his pocket. Sounds a floor. So, so Brian McKechnie is kind of he stood at the the end, just kind of waiting for this ball to come, and sure enough. It rolls along the ground like a crown green bowl. Let's make sure it is an underarm, but I've got the feeling it's a big ex-Victorian skipper. We're going to bowl an underarm. We have believed it. And that's a disappointing finish. Disappointed Brian McKechnie, the crowd boom. And it's all over. After 50 overs... New Zealand, 8 for 229. It is utterly embarrassing. It's a bit disappointing, isn't it? And Brian McKeggy kind of like just basically stops it like with his with his bat and proceeds to throw his bat up as high as he can in the air in disgust. And the New Zealand captain rushes on to try and talk to the umpires because, again, there's that confusion of, like, is it, is it legal? Now, one of the New Zealanders are disappointed and none of them more disappointed than their skipper, Geoffrey Howard. There he is now talking with the two umpires, umpires Cronin and Weezer, and I know exactly the reason he's out there. Do you think they asked the umpires, is this, can we do this, is it legal? Were they just checking if it was legal? Because if it wasn't legal, it was classed as an old bowl. They would have got runs deducted, obviously, of his one, and then they would have had to bowl again. So yeah. they could have. Eaten. So they probably were checking with the umpire because I was thinking, why would they speak to the umpire? But then I'm thinking to myself, they were probably just double checking themselves whether they could do this. Well, here's the uh, another interesting thing is that the host nation provided the umpires, so they're both Australian. I bet they went, "Don't do it, mate." <laughs> they're probably like, "Yeah, yeah, that's the most sensible thing to yeah. do." They were probably like, it's legal, mate, but don't do it. Yeah. They probably were like, oh, don't do it. Please don't do it. Oh, no, he's doing it. Oh, God. You know the interesting thing about both the umpires as well? Never umpired an uh, international test again. Wow. Like, because it was their fault. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, they were just following the rules. But I don't know whether that's pure coincidence or that they were kind of a black mark was put against the name or whatever. I don't they know. Obvi- they obviously think, or people do think they, because they acknowledged they were going to do it, because they obviously went to them and told them we're going to do it, that they in some part were to blame for that happening as well. Well, it kind of goes back to what you are saying earlier about 
the spirit of the game. Like this is a moment which is so against the perceived spirit of the game. Richie Benno has a piece of commentary where he calls it the worst thing he's at, one of the worst things he's ever seen on a cricket field. It, it's actually an event which seems quite minor, but the fallout from it, diplomatically, the New Zealand Prime Minister makes official statements just belittling what Australia have done. Uh, I described uh, Greg Chappell's actions as an act of cowardice, which I believe it was, uh, and I thought it was most appropriate that the Australian team was dressed in yellow. Uh, I said it was a, uh, the most disgusting episode that I could recall in the history of cricket, a game which used to be played by gentlemen. The Malcolm Fraser was Prime Minister of Australia at the time, kind of put a, a slightly different spin, but all, uh, albeit a bit more humble, about the the event as well but it's still talked about today about that underarm bowl and is it because the thing is like it isn't at the end of the day for that then it's like anything else like people wouldn't have cared if they would have lost the game people wouldn't have cared if they would have well they would have only drawn the game anyway drawn the game that that's not it's the, the fact that they um did something that was it's not bending the rules because they're all breaking the rules because, you know, it's in the rule book. But they still thought, again, as you say, spirit of the game. It was such in, like, it was such a, um, well, it's probably a wimp's way out, really, isn't it? You bowl a ball that you know that you can't hit for six. So you're basically taking the competition away from the from the game. So there was tension probably all around that. Everybody watching it on TV, everyone in the ground watching that. It's come to the last ball of the game. But really what they've said is, They've really took a really an unsportsman way out of it and just shut the as I say shut the game down. But they've yeah they've taken away a, a great, possibly a great sport moment of of like of an opportunity for the batsman Brian McKecky to actually hit a six. The reality is he wouldn't hit a six. Well, he might have done. Trev will take probably... away from Brian. Don't pick yeah. on Brian now. <laughs> well, Trevor would have just bowled him. And it might have just bowled him and took a brilliant wicket. And then he would be a hero. But instead, he's now the pariah. And he, being fair to Trevor Chapel, there's kind of this weird... Well, he's not captain, is he? And his brother's come over. And, you know, if I told my younger brother as captain something, he better do it otherwise, you know. Yeah, so there's this... Well, there's this weird chain of command, isn't it? Because you've got Ian Chapel who's the former Australian captain, he's shouting, no, Greg, don't do it. But not in that voice, but I, I won't degrade him <laughs> by trying to do his voice. And then um, he's shouting, no, Greg, don't do it. Then Greg is telling his younger brother, Trev, go on, go do on, it. Trev, do and, it. And I can kind of picture them all in in an Australian weatherboard house in the backyard on Christmas Day and they're playing cricket in the back garden. And you can see the same scenario, yeah. but they're all, like, a lot younger. Yeah. And his parents and going, your tea's ready. Yeah, yeah. Here I, you come. And that's... I can All the chapels just shouting at each other different different <laughs> things about at the same time. Yeah, probably living in a house just off Chapel Street. <laughs> they would be all around, you know, family around, the crowd watching the game. And I, I, it's, I kind of see this lovely, quaint, family moments 
where they just for one moment then lost what was valuable. But I just think this comes back to this thing which you hear a lot in not just Australian sport, but in world sport, win at all costs. Well, no, really, you've got involved in the domestic. That's what you're basically involved <laughs> in here. <laughs> right? And no one, when it's a domestic, not even the police want to get involved in that. <laughs> so everyone was just like, stay out of it. You can imagine other, other players going, oh, I'm not in the mood for that. Stay out of it. Don't get involved in the domestic. <laughs> Don't get involved. Walk away. Well, you get the prime ministers involved I- into this, and it's it's an interesting one because... Greg Chappell still today says that he wasn't thinking straight because of his exhaustion, because of the way the tests are being played, because of the heat, etc., etc. He's he still holds that defence. Richie Benno doesn't like, <laughs> doesn't see that <laughs> as a defence. Can I just say, if I was Greg Chappell as well, I'll be blaming my maths teacher. <laughs> she let him down. I couldn't count past 49 overs. I'm really next to <laughs> Then I ran how many balls there were. I, I, it's not my fault, you know what I mean? I'd have blamed my sec- I'd have been suing my secondary school. You know, it'd have all, it'd have all kicked off from this. <laughs> I was actually listening to an interview with, with Trevor Chappell, who, who delivered the ball. His brother said, put your hand in the fire. And Trevor said, all right, I'll do that. And so he bowls the underarm. He said, like in an interview, had he ever bowled underarm before? I wonder. What if he messed that up? And just, <laughs> it hasn't gone. It just you know, gone on the side of the wicket or something. But yeah, thrown a, thrown a wide or thrown something. Thrown a wide. Because <laughs> <laughs> it must be quite hard to bowl an under an underarm ball where you've not done it before. Yeah, particularly with spin. Yeah. <laughs> so. So, but Trevor, an underarm bouncer. Yeah, they're like um, the dribbler. <laughs> but I've heard um, an interview with with Trevor Chapel, and he says, oh, like, when I am talking to like you know someone phones up about like the gas bill or something, and they they say, oh, what's your name? And he says, oh, it's Trevor Trevor Chapel. And they go, are oh, you the underarm guy? <laughs> and he's he's actually got that's his name. I don't know if it's like notoriety. Or fame, maybe. Yeah. You know, is there something not to be celebrated by not the manner of the victory, but in the record books, it shows Australia beat New Zealand. Is that not the important thing? <laughs> well, obviously. <laughs> but the thing is, as well, when Trevor was doing his interview, there was uh, was just Greg just off the side of the camera, just telling him what to say. <laughs> no, and Ian was going, "Don't do it." <laughs> There's a there's a couple of people in the background who were just talking to umpires. Just yeah, you can say that. You can say that. I just imagine this scenario is so compelling with the three brothers. I just imagine it happening in all areas of their life, like just in the pub. You know, someone spills a pint over Trev. Greg says you need to lamp him one. Ian's at the other side of the bar. <laughs> no, don't do it. He's in the pool room <laughs> shouting through. Don't do it. It's just, I think it's such an enduring story. And New Zealanders who I speak to are still filthy about this. Still filthy. Despite the fact... Overdraw. <laughs> they could have only drawn. And the chances of it happening. But it, this is all about denying opportunity, isn't it? And so that's where the, the harshness lies. They've not only painted themselves in a, 
in a unsporting way, but they've denied that opportunity for fairness to have a it's fair an injustice. crack at it. Yeah, there's a bit of injustice there, isn't there? That day, obviously, they didn't bowl any underarm, <laughs> and they did. It's you know ne- I mean? and I don't think it's it's not reconciled. It's still an open wound for New Zealanders. Wow! And so uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't really. I, did, I don't really get the sense that you know that it's still in the courts. <laughs> Still going through the Benson and Hedges. <laughs> if Benson and Hedges are looking for a podcast response. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So I don't uh, smoke, but we could smoke all the way through the podcast. If yeah. they <laughs> so I, I really don't know how that kind of then ends up. The final ball's played. The bat is off. tossed in the air and then they walk off. Yeah, and then what happens back when you know over the cucumber sandwiches and things? Yeah, buy each other a drink and you know roll it across the carpet or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, uh, you know, actually, Glenn McGrath in a a, a more recent uh, test uh, night game against New Zealand, Australia were way ahead, but he ran up to bowl and feigned. An underarm. Oh, I did it again. Yeah. And uh, it was actually fair play to the Kiwis. Yeah, it caused a riot. <laughs> but we all laugh about that. <laughs> <laughs> they only burnt the stadium down, but, you know, so they're over it. They got over it. <laughs> well, sadly, sadly, old uh, Brian McKechnie could not hit the ball out of bounds. But this Australia here in this incident were definitely out of bounds. They were they were fast and loose with the, the laws of the spirit of the game. So I'll leave you with the words of Richie Benno. England should have done that all the time. They would have won more test matches. <laughs> but yeah, Richie Benno sums it up absolutely perfectly. Now, everyone around Australia will have their uh, own ideas on that, and uh, we always get letters and phone calls about different things that happen. So I don't expect anyone to agree with me. Uh, I don't expect uh, that you get more than 50% agreement on anything. Let me just tell you what I think about it. I think it was a disgraceful performance from a captain who got his sums wrong today, and I think it should never be permitted to happen again. We keep reading and hearing that the players are under a lot of pressure and that they're tired and jaded and perhaps their judgment and their skill is blunted. Well, uh, perhaps they might advance that as an excuse for what happened out there today. Not with me, they don't. I think it was a very poor performance. One of the worst things... I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Good night. Thanks for listening to the Wheel of Sports from brought to you by the Turnstile Network, Melbourne's freshest, newest and best sports podcast network. Make sure you uh, jump on board and listen to all of our great friends who are smashing out great sports podcasts as well. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, Justin. Let's spin the wheel for next time on The Wheel of Sports. <laughs>